He really hits that one. Oh, that is just sensational from Luis Figo. And then Ronaldo! Here comes Eddie. Not got much help. Oh, he doesn't need any help. How about that? Portugal. And tonight they've been simply magnificent. Champions of Europe 2016. Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Portuguese Football Show, season two. It's been a while. You're probably wondering where we've been. Uh, we've had some developments with the podcast uh so we'll be letting you know what's been going on and what's to come in the future uh over the course of the next couple of days but for the time being we are back and we will be better and more frequent than ever as usual i'm joined by philippe philippe how's it going welcome back (laughs) (laughs) welcome back welcome back i can't wait to just get started again to be honest i think we did the first and second episode, and then we had a little bit of a break after it. But now, I just can't wait to get into the swing of of doing a podcast, uh, a podcast a week, and um, potentially two podcasts a week. But that's something that I'll uh, I'll be revealing over the course of the next couple of days. But let's get straight into it. We've got so much to catch up on. Um, today's episode will be a shorter episode, just recapping sort of the international break and then having a look towards the fixtures coming up on the weekend starting on friday in the tasset in portugal looking forward to the um to the weeks after as well let's get straight into it we've just come off the back of the second of portugal's international fixtures in this break in this particular international break it feels like every week there's an international break at the moment i think there's there's another one like in less than a month, I think, in is the one in November as well coming yeah, up. Four weeks, um, I think. Yeah, so crazy. Uh, so Portugal, this one was a a competitive game. This one was in the World Cup qualifiers. It was a five 0 win against Luxembourg. Uh, the last game was an international friendly, so this one mattered uh, that quite a bit more. Portugal currently second in the group behind Serbia, only a point behind. But important to note that. Portugal have played a game less than Serbia, so Portugal win the game in hand and continue to match Serbia's results or better them. Uh, we'll we'll make sure we'll get that top spot, and we've also got Serbia to play as well, which will be uh, a massive game. But focus on the game that we've just witnessed, five nil. Uh, it's it started off quite um, quite well for Portugal. We got two penalties within the space of. Three minutes. I think the first one was in the eighth minute, and the second one was in the tenth or eleventh minute. Uh, obviously, that man, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who was at the uh, the him and Bruno Fernandes were at the the height of conversation recently at Manchester United regarding penalties and penalty misses and who's on penalty duty. But it was clear tonight that there was only going to be one man on the pens, and uh, and he dispatched. I'd say two of them. But he actually dispatched the three of them because one of them had to be retaken and he smashed that one home as well. So, um, yeah, went into a 2-0 a lead. And then we had goals from Bruno Fernandes and one from Joel Polina, who celebrated in CR7 style. And then uh, and then Cristiano got his, got his third, the hat-trick. And, um, yeah, a comfortable 5-0 win. Um, nice clean sheet in there. 
and uh, three different scorers. So brilliant result. Another win. Portugal are unbeaten in the group. Philippe, thoughts on the game? Where I know it was a bit of a, a, a run of the mill operation um, playing against Luxembourg with no disrespect to Luxembourg, but um, got the job done. Uh, three points. Yeah, it's not it's not much much to say really, you know, because even if it, what it could be when you play teams like that will be a team that closes and stays quite behind, tries just to keep the draw as much as they could. In this case, obviously, with two goals so early in the game, it, it meant it was just going to be too too easy. So it got to 3-0 very, very easily. And then there was a period of like half an hour, 45, 40 minutes that not much happened. Um, it's quite hard to judge, really, if we make any progress from what was the games with Ireland like a uh, mm-hmm. couple of months ago. Now, because obviously even Qatar game was quite easy. This one, not much competition, to be fair. So I think we're only going to know actually the real state of how we play in the next one, because obviously it'll be Ireland and in Serbia, which probably yeah. will be the decisive game. If mm-hmm. we win both games, then it'll be just a draw against Serbia will be enough. Um, but yeah, taking notes from these games is, is almost impossible. Because yeah. especially when it's a game like this, where they get like two goals quite early and then a third goal quite early as well, then it's I think like even Portuguese players they were not really pushing too much. Luxembourg no. players just trying not to make it go like crazy numbers, like he was the under twenty ones against Liechtenstein, <laughs> um, and it just end up being like a game. And I just a matter of time for Ronaldo score the third and see who else would score. It's always worth it because Bernardo Silva is just in a moment of his live way can pick up a ball in one side, dribble apart every single play and then score. Because, well, not score because he doesn't not score goals, but apart from that, he does everything. The yeah. one on the penalty is quite good, but then there's one in the first half still where he picks up the ball from like Pepe and then he dribbles past six plays without not going much forward, but still just the skill is just Ish. incredible. Incredible, and he's a he's a he's a, I know he's a fan favorite of of the podcast and a fan favorite of mine and yours. And to be honest, the podcast has been off air for that long that I think the last time we were on, we were talking about can he return to this form? And since then, he's been absolutely unbelievable. So I think maybe it's us that are jinxing him. So when the podcast is on, that's when he's back to his. I think the the game against. Um, uh, Liverpool. I know in the in the video of the of the of the Salah goal, he's one of the players who sort of gets done. But his performance, the the picture, the picture of him where he's speeding away from from like five players, and he's got like Van Dijk on the floor. It's just he's he's in as you say he's he's in that moment. Um, that is really reminiscent of his of his twenty eighteen nineteen season. That season when he was just completely at the heart of everything. Um, yeah, is it is a shame that the only I think the only cool thing to talk about of specifically in this game was when the lineup came out. To be honest, I thought we we're going to be like in a diamond shape with Bernardo uh, more in the middle and not being like that. If we play more from the right, but mm-hmm. um, thinking of a midfield with him inside just just incredible because I yeah. look at him and what he can be and has a lot of uh, Iniesta there, mm-hmm. which yeah, is the way that... he can control the game, pass the ball, dribble forward. Um, yeah. He doesn't gain the box too much. That's probably the thing that needs to work the most. Um, but apart from that, it's just... The right. Player. When he plays on that, like in City, uh, for City, when he plays on sort of... When he plays the three in midfield and he's that right-hand side of central midfielder, so he's still got 
the width of the fullback either side of him. He's got a right winger in front, allows him to then come inside, come centrally, play between the lines. He's just he's uh he, he's he's unbelievable, isn't he? And yeah, um, yeah, I think I think that as you say that that game, it those games they run into being sort of training exercises. It and that's that's a credit on one side of Portugal because those games can be difficult if the opposition can shut you out because it's in those type of matches where the longer the game goes on, the more nervous you get and the more frantic you get in terms of, oh God, we're actually sort of being held here. Like did the game against um, the game against Ireland when um, John Egan was it scored just on half time, Portugal one nil down, and then we had those two sort of late goals, ninety six minute winner from Ronaldo. It's those type of games where. If you actually find yourself going down, perhaps against the run of play, things can get very, very difficult. So it's always nice to start those games. You pointed it out before, Philippe. Once those two early goals go in, their game plan's pretty much finished because their game plan was try and keep a clean sheet. Yeah. And um, yeah, once once that goes out the window. But as you say, the last the last three games, it's, you've had a 3-0 win against Azerbaijan away, a 3-0 win against Qatar, and a 5-0 win against Luxembourg. So... You look at it on paper and you go 11 goals scored, zero conceded. But you do look at the opposition and you think, we're not we're not really finding out things that we didn't already know about Portugal. We know that they can be devastating on the attack. And today I thought we were very, very good on the attack. But yeah, it, it, it doesn't really prepare you, prepare you for when you, you, I mean, like the Euro group we were in, where you're coming up against the likes of, you know, even Hungary away. And that was in, in Budapest, Germany, France. Uh, and then playing uh, Belgium as well, getting beat to Belgium. Um, but you can only beat what's in front of you, and you can only score against what's in front of you. So I suppose we'll uh, we'll see what happens in the the Ireland game. That's away from home, so that will um, you know that won't be a walk in, walk in the park. We saw it in the first game. They they can make it very very difficult, and then obviously we've got Serbia at home to finish. Yeah, the Ireland uh, game is going to be. Obviously, both of them are very important, but it's going to be... Ireland might be the most important one because it will be how we're going to play against Serbia and how Serbia is going to play. Because if we go to Ireland and we don't win, then we mm-hmm. might need the result, obviously, trying to win, win the game against Serbia. Mm-hmm. If we win against Ireland, then we'll be Serbia trying to go and have the ball and control the game more because, obviously, they'll be the ones needing a win, especially away from home. So, And, obviously, Serbia lost points against Ireland in Ireland, so I guess... You yeah. don't have to be careful with that, but to be honest, we should have. It shouldn't be that easy. It shouldn't should, be that that difficult. Sorry, we yeah. should we should get we should a result be, from both. It shouldn't be that easy. <laughs> no, we, we should um we should be able to get uh yeah. over the line. You you should think, um, and then just to in terms of the international stuff, um, other stuff to mention. Obviously, our under twenty ones. Uh, won today as well. We actually had quite a few of the sides on today. I think the under twenties played, the under eighteens played, the seventeens, the twenty ones, and the senior side. If I'm if I'm correct, um, and yeah, the the under twenty ones they won one nil in Iceland, and it was a difficult game. I, I watched the game, very um, very very slow performance in the first half, and um, Selton in goal. Kept Portugal in it. Second half sort of got a got got a bit better. Fabio Vieira scored a, a a great goal. The first touch, if you haven't saw that, you'll be able to find the video on on Twitter. The first touch 
So sort of set them up for the goal was brilliant. But um, yeah, I win. I win for Portugal under twenty ones as well. They and it's a very new look Portugal under twenty ones. Obviously, you've got the younger players of the last generation, the likes of uh, Vitinha, Fabio Vieira, who are now in the side. But then you've also got the the um, some fresh faces, some new faces gone. Gone is the generation of. Florentino Luis and Jason Fernandes and, and Danny Motter and people like that. It's now this um sort of new new um new school and they've started well. The the game the other day against Liechtenstein was <laughs> just wow on the on the topic of international games that don't really tell you anything. I mean that <laughs> that, that told us that that team can be absolutely devastating on the attack. Um but yeah, the the, the opposition they just look completely Blown away! I couldn't believe what I was watching. To be Nine honest, nil on the first half. It, just it was ridiculous. just. You know, I thought they were going to go for the record. I think the record on under twenty is like fifteen nil or something. And I thought, yeah, oh, he made he made the, the, only the changes. Yeah, he, he made five changes at half time. I was it was it four changes at half time, and um, yeah, it, it just it, they they that that team that finished the second half. Sounds obvious to say, obviously, because it's your substitutes, but is 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 no is nowhere near sort of that level of the like that starting eleven was the best Portugal under twenty ones lineup. I think is um they were they were they were brilliant. and then the players who came on they did okay. Um, Francis Conceição came on and, and and did well, scored uh, a very um a very very good goal. The dribbling was um. Dare I say it was it was messy esque that low centre of gravity went between the two players nutmegged and then slid it past the keeper, uh, that was brilliant. But um, yeah, so all in all, a, a successful international break, but um, one that again doesn't really really tell us too much other than how good we can be when we want to be. The most important thing, in my view, to highlight in his international break is actually Dario Sugu. We spoke about him last year um, on when he came on with uh, with Sporting when he was just made 16. He's still 16, will be 17, obviously, only in March next year. And he plays already for the under-18s in Portugal. And the game they played against Italy, in trying to remember, as a number six, it just shows how good it is, and it's I, probably going to be the next big thing coming up from Sporting. But the way he plays already, you can play as two, three years older than him, is just amazing. And already plays with Sporting, beat him in Liga Tres, and there's a little jewel coming on there. Keep an eye on him. And did you say? Did you say he's playing for? Is it Portugal under under 19s? He's playing for Felipe under 18s. Under 18s, under 18s, which is mental. Yeah. That is um, some developments. So yeah, definitely keep an eye. Keep an eye. He's playing with two, three years older than him. So yeah, and we mean the the scenes when he when we were speaking about him last season when he um, when he made his debut. Yeah, crying after the video the game. of him. Yeah. Oh my word, brilliant, absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. but we saw him then, and then he obviously didn't play again. He was around the yeah. squad, but never saw him again. And now mm-hmm. he plays more with the, with the B team, which is still amazing. Being 16 yeah, again. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not normal. It doesn't no. happen uh, no. often, at least. And and yeah, it's it just it's just gonna be a, a beast for the size of him as well. Is is he doesn't look 16 when he plays physically mm-hmm. so strong. He's just giving two Definitely two more years and will be a starter for for the first team, no doubt. 
we'll have to come and revisit this podcast when uh, <laughs> yeah. when it happens. Um, but then, yeah, so moving on, we go to the Testa Portugal action. And so the Premier League is, is not back just yet. That will be coming a week after. Tassa, the games start on Friday, on the 15th of of October. Uh, you've got three games on, on Friday night. You've got Academica Coimbra play against Familicao. Uh, Porto are away to Sintrens. And then the uh, the big one. I call it the big one because I'm so happy to see this side <laughs> back in action. Back in action against against top sides. And, you know, what top side could they have asked for? The the back in action against the defending Premier League champions, and that's uh, Ushbilanenses against Sporting. So got the nice little Lisboa rivalry there as well, and it's at it's at home as well. It's in uh, it's in Belém, so that will be brilliant. Yeah, I'm it's, really it's be, looking, it's, it's, no I'm one looking forward to that one. Better no. because and and to be fair with Belenenses, they they didn't put the tickets too expensive. So if you're around in Portugal, is is not going to be crazy expensive to watch them. Mm-hmm. First game back, they can have full crowds as well. So oh. it's just just gonna be on a Friday night. So no excuses. No, uh, no excuses. Quarter to nine. It's uh, brilliant. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I have a question for you now. I'm gonna put you on the Go spot. On. You ready? Go on. Mm-hmm. Well, not on the spot. I would like to know why is because obviously, lad from England, uh, <laughs> watching Tasset Portugal. What is not? I don't want to know like. Your best memory you have with us in Portugal, which is quite tricky. The thing when it's like a surprise, because obviously people like this type of competition, even in England or anywhere mm. across the world, for the surprises. What is the biggest surprise you remember watching in a Tasset Portugal game? <clears throat> I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna cheat, so I'm not gonna go with. I'm not gonna pick out a game that I can't remember watching, but I know the results or I know the score. I'm gonna go with a game that I remember watching. And a game that I remember, um, two thousand and twelve, no, two thousand and thirteen was the two thousand and twelve thirteen season, and it was actually the final, and um, and the man of the match in that game was a player that I've actually interviewed and spoke to him about this game, Ricardo Pereira. And that was the Vitoria. Uh, Vitoria won 2-1 against Benfica in the final. And I remember thinking, going in, like, like watching the game. And this is, bear in mind, this is, what, ten, nearly 10 years ago now, isn't it? But 2012, it'll be 10 years next season. Um, thinking, this is this is Benfica's, like, Vitoria, I haven't got a chance here. This is, you know, this, this is a formality. And there was a very, um, yeah, there was, there was a very... English feel about that final, the fact that you you have like this big giant pitted up against someone like Victoria, and that's that's um, you know Victoria, obviously big club, you know well supported, but coming up against it Benfica, I thought, and that was the, that was the side that that is like uh, Luisao, Gaetan, uh, Nemanja Matic, um, Salvio, I think Jorge Jesus was in was in charge. Yeah, that was. But, the... um, there was the game of the the year. Sorry that Benfica lost everything in the end because they lost. The it was the end game of the season. Benfica Port, where Calvin scores. They went to the Europa League final against Chelsea, if I remember correctly, with Ivanovic goal at the end. Ivanovic, yeah, yeah, and Ivanovic. Then, and then obviously the game against against Kimberley. I actually have a cool story about that game. At mm-hmm. the time, I was at uni. I was young. 
and uh, free. Um, full of life. <laughs> full of life at the future. And I had a friend that was doing, like, at the end of, uh, of your degree, he went to do um, a, a workshop or apprenticeship with Guimarães. So mm-hmm. he was, like, in a, in a squatting, like, the coaching team at the time. And yeah. Rui Vitoria had... Um, uh, uh, a thing which was because Rui Vitória at the time was at Wet Kimaranj, where they had the time to leave the hotel. It was at, before Benfica leave, would leave the hotel. So, and Rui Vitória didn't want that. So he made the bus to be delayed as, as most as he could for Benfica to go first because he didn't want the Vitória Guimarães players to go past all the Benfica fans. Because he would ah. think there'll be too much to like. Well, okay, shit, we are. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they are obviously they're the favorites. They have all the support, and he didn't want the place to see that. So he delayed as much as he could for Benfica to go. So when Benfica pass, obviously the area where people have picnics and all of that. After mm. watching the bus, all the Benfica fans went inside, obviously to to the stadium, and then Vitória Guimarães passed just with the Vitória Guimarães fans. So it'd be like, okay, it's not going to be such an impact until ah, they get that's... To the stadium. Those uh, like uh, mental games, yeah, marginal, marginal gains. Those little things that can give you that little advantage, yeah. And I think because the Victoria, I think getting to the final itself isn't isn't the biggest shock, but the the shock comes in the form of they'd never won the 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 trophy before in the history. If I'm correct me, if I'm, but I'm sure that 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 was the yeah, that was the first time, and they were in the final a couple of years before. And they got absolutely slaughtered. They, they, I think they took five or six off of Porto in the final, and that was in the final, which again is, isn't something really that you'd see in in because you mentioned England before in the, the likes of the FA Cup and stuff. Usually, you know, uh, more evenly matched. So to see to see a team take, I think it was six six one or six two in the final, and then then get to the final again, and this time they're playing against Benfica. You thinking, oh, you know, is it a bridge too far? And then they end up. Um, they end up winning the match, and and um, Ricardo Pereira scored scored the winner. Uh, so that was brilliant. If you haven't listened to the, uh, sorry, if you haven't read the interview, that's that's on our website. We interviewed them uh, a couple of years back now, and we spoke about that, like because that was obviously before he'd, um, he, you know, where he is now. That was sort of at the start, near the start of his career, and he still has that as the best I think or one of the best moments in, in his career so far and, and rightfully so um, winning a competition like that for the first time uh, when you go into that game as the complete underdog uh, and he was playing as a uh, as a right winger at that time as well so um, yeah it's a competition that is you know it's illustrious in Portugal yeah Tasta Portugal is, is a competition that I didn't when I first got into Portuguese football, the international side of it, and then obviously the Premier League, but it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I understood sort of the um, how important the the Tasta Portugal is. Bit more less so with with the League Cup, with that being a more recent. Um, that's sort of the equivalent of of the Carabao Cup in England, the way some people you know sort of dismiss it. But the Tasta Portugal is um, is is quite rightly regarded and, and heralded as a brilliant competition and so it should be so can't wait for the, the this weekend's fixtures just some of the others we've got um we've got Vittoria the uh Stubel are playing against um Vizela which will be which will be a good game and that sort of um strange to see both those sides come together when in the last couple of years they were sort of 
uh, opposites. Yeah, they were sort of opposites. It, it was um, Vittoria Stubel who were in the top flight, and Vizela were were fighting the way down in 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 the lower divisions. And now Vizela Premier League outfit, and and the same can't be said for Stubel after um, after being demoted to the what league did they go down to? They was went it to, to the that, well? Now is the Liga Tres, but yeah, third division. But, to... Yeah, crazy. Um, and then Benfica are away uh, to Trofeins. So, yeah, it'd be very, very interesting to see what happens there. But just happy to have some domestic football back, to be honest. I love the international football as much as anyone, but again... When the international when... football is Qatar and Luxembourg, no one is Yes, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's exactly my point. Is, um, it's hard to be enthusiastic when um, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot on the line, to be honest. But with, with the Tasta Portugal... Um, there's a lot on the line as always, so I'll um, I'm looking forward to that. So to be honest, that pretty much takes us to the end of the show. As I say, bit of a quieter week. It was a nice week to come back to, though. Not too much, yeah. Uh, nice not too easy. much, yeah. Not too much to handle. But looking, really looking forward to, as I say, the the next week's fixtures and then the league coming back. Obviously, the week after that. And um, Philippe, you're in Portugal for ne- yes. next week. Next- yes. I'm going next week to watch Sporting, I think, against Moreirense. Not sure. Maybe Vizela against Benfica. Maybe Academica if they play at home. Trying to go as many games as I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Every the thing. day you... a game, hopefully. Uh, every... close yeah. to. Yeah, that's the dream. definitely. Go to the... Um... You have to go to the the regional games as well. Go to the local, yeah, go sure. yeah the local, go to the local games. Um, some of them are you'd be able to go to an early one maybe on Saturday morning. There's usually a really some really <laughs> early games. Um, but yeah, so that's episode number three. As I say, I'll be putting out some information on the website in the next couple of days regarding some changes to the website and changes to Proxima Jornada. Some Really, really positive news. Um, so yeah, there's a uh, can't wait to to share some of the developments that we've got, and the podcast is back, and it's uh, it'll be a lot more consistent. It'll be back every week. It cannot be less consistent. No, it can't <laughs> be less consistent to be honest. But we're gonna rack up the episodes now this season. Um, got a lot more free time now with uh, sort of taking on. Porosima full time, so again, that's um, that's something else that obviously I'll be I'll be sharing with um, with with our supporters and our listeners within the next couple of days. So make sure to keep tuned to the website, social media. You know where to follow us. You know where we are. And as always, uh, I'll see you next time for episode four of the Portuguese Football Show. Philippe, thank you very much. See you next week.